Hello, G.I. Joes and Agents of Cobra Command. This is the 205, 245th episode of G.I. Joburg. We've entitled this, quite simply, Operation Recall. Those of you in the know probably know exactly what I'm talking about immediately after dropping that code name. But uh, if you don't know, we're going to drop the knowledge bombs on you. And by we, I refer to myself, Steve, my brother in uh, crime, Paul, the deadliest pencils in Johannesburg, <laughs> and Rob, the loving scoopful, down south in Cape Town. Hey, buddy. Hey, welcome to another one. 425. <laughs> and 11 teen. Oh, man. Guys. I am way, way north in the far-flung future of the eastern coast of Australia, and it's early. I'm still in the shed. I'm still smoking in those petrol fumes from the lawnmower. Mm. I'm still in danger of having the pool pump suddenly surprise me and go, but here we are, and we're talking Operation Recall because it has gone live. We said we'd tell you, and consider yourself told, your opportunity to get your childhood dream figure realized into plastic by the original G.I. Joe Hasbro employee creatives has arrived. They're open for submissions. So right at the top of this podcast, before we get stuck into the, the content of the show, I'm going to urge everyone to go to operationrecall.com and you will read everything you need to know about the creators involved the detailed process that the first Operation Recall figure has had under the incredible stewardship of Cosmotaxis. Uh, yeah, man, I, I would do it a disservice by trying to praise that web page uh, here now. So just check it out. <laughs> Go do it. Get your childhood dream figure made. Mm, yeah. I mean, Carson has been interviewing and being in contact with these creatives in the production of the 3D Joe's website for years now. He's shot tens of hours of interviews with each of them. So I guess it was a natural progression for him to drop the, the little tidbit of information that he has had uh, a design for a G.I. Joe in mind since 1989. Nah. But it's happening. It's happening. And it could happen to you. He wants to do this for as many as 16 figures. Wouldn't that be incredible? That's a full way of incredible. Oh. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's essentially like the Willy Wonka golden ticket at this point. Oh, fantastic. But you don't have to. Ah. Ask. Sorry oh. about that. Mute. <laughs> Paul is I, doing I, some I furniture removal. He is fall off the shelf. He's too excited about getting oh, no. his figure made. No, no, no. What just fell off the shelf, Paul? Uh-oh. Was that the, my, my the raven? Map, which is a little bit spooky, I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> is spooky, I missed, but at least it's not a joke. I missed that. What fell over? Is ghost, ghost Trap. Ghost yeah. Trap. That's a yeah. pretty hardy piece of equipment, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Totally. And it didn't damage the floor, so that's a good thing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But guys, we've got to put the brakes on Operation Recall for the simple reason that, like, bloody hell, if there isn't a shit ton of new news. Oh, my word. Uh, releases. I mean, let's start at the, let's start at the most recent. 
to uh, the recording of this podcast, we've got product images or package images for the incredible Dr. Mindbender. Mindbender. Whoa. Okay, that let is... me start at the very beginning. That's the back of the shot, the, the pack, and it's clearly hinting at the cartoon origin story for Sir Pencil, which also served as Mindbender's introduction. Um, it's also in been in a rise of Pencil, rise. Has it now? I enhanced Somewhat it, embellished. Yes. <laughs> well done, Paul. Thank you. I wanted to make it a little bit higher raised than what was on there. Thank you, Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. You were you were to talking all the good things. I can even ah. tell you who the artist is. <laughs> so, oh, Atkins? Who, who is it? Warren, no. A, no, no. It's an artist called Dave Raposa, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, actually, one of the few people... Uh, I follow his Patreon, actually. Um, he is an incredible artist. He has done tons of fantastic uh, sort of pop culture related artworks over the last few years uh, one of the most notables is his set of ninja turtles um, he did a an awesome set of ninja turtle artworks and then has since just done amazing stuff um, based on Castlevania, on metroid and he even has his own uh, sort of comic book that he's done called steve lichman which is really really great it's uh, super funny uh, so yeah, and he's, he's just a great artist and he's really into all of this stuff. And this is the first time I think he's done GI Joe art. Hey, he's never, well, he's I've knocked never it out the park. I don't know if right? I've ever seen mine Bender look any better. And the package is what is really selling this, this whole presentation at this point. I mean, the mm. figure is incredible, but like, yeah, this is an era where packaging transcends being packaging. Okay, you've got bang up art, but the design itself is is also something that needs to be spoken about because it seems to be a slipcase, right? That repeats the art on the front. Nice, big blow up of Dr. Mindbender alone without the added, um, I suppose, raiding of tombs, uh, Atlantis, Montezuma, the pyramid of DNA, all those kind of uh, touches that you see on the back. But then you remove the slip and it's a lab diorama? What would you call it? It's a Cobra double helix. Okay, so it's like a Cobra design that's been turned into a strand of DNA. But you open the gatefold and you've got Dr. Mindbender with all his lab equipment in these little, I don't know, like glass cases almost. That's it looks amazing. like they're trying to, to, to emulate that kind of like yeah, he's in the kind of a lab experiment design. Good lord! Yeah, there are vents, so cool. there are wall sutures. There, this sort of like kind of a damp running off the wall. It says Mars in the one corner. It's I love yeah. As it's I say, transcending packaging. No, dude, it totally is. It's it's probably the, in my opinion, the best packaging they've done next to Snake Eyes's from the the very first one. Because that was a great piece. I wasn't so blown away by the Zartan, uh, although I like the gimmick, but I didn't think the Zartan packaging was quite as good as this. Personally, it seems to take the notes of like the Supreme Commander's Cobra Commander. I think I'm saying it right. Oh, Whatever yeah, the one that too. also had a kind of a gatefold presentation, which looked mm. ornate and looked like a cool way to show off an action figure. Whereas this looks like like a kind of in situ diorama. It is mm. made to to look in scale it's made to present all of the accessories probably in the best possible way you could present those accessories because he comes with a lot of small tat and he's only got two mm. hands and no place to store most of it so like 
I anticipate this is how people are going to display their Dr. Mindbenders. To do it any other way would be folly. Well, it, w- it would be a waste of all of this. to all of this work. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But also Ooh. something to mention is on this um, image of the, the slip, because, you know, there is an actual image of him, uh, you know, of the toy with all of the accessories. This uh, version of it, you actually see two extras. You see the handgun, which they don't show on the other shot. And mm-hmm. he's also got some mysterious kind of very um, evil scientist kind of gun on the far left. It's like, it looks like it's got like an electrical kind of Tesla-ish looking prod thing at the end. Looks like a lot of fun. Or um, a hypodermic needle with a kind of a cylinder at the back of next to it. No, yeah. no, yeah, that's next Stuff. to it. Yeah, yeah and those it. you can it's change right out. Right on the left. Yeah, and you can switch yeah. those out. It looks like because they, they, the, the replacements are next to the brain, which is so cool. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, yeah. This looks like such a fun toy. I knew this was going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad it well, is. Well, <laughs> a lot of people had conjecture that it would include the mind, the brainwave scanner, mm-hmm. but this is, I suppose. You know, by, by leaning more into the cartoon, you're catching a wider net of Joe fandom. Uh, mm. Because everyone who reads the comic also knows about the cartoon origins, but not everyone who watched the comic knows about the brainwave scan and all that jazz. So you might feel a little bit cheated by not getting what is has become his synonymous accessory, but you are getting a, a fair bit of stuff. My criticism, though, is once you take it out of the incredible packaging, which spaces it out so nicely... It's a lot of small stuff that doesn't really amount to much. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 little dio pieces that need to be kind of shelved in unique ways to show them off. But if you're just laying them at the, the character's feet or side by side, it it's not as impressive. Would yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But it is cool to be able to have a figure in this line that you don't have to display with a gun or a weapon in his hand. You know what I mean? Like you can't have him holding that uh, a skull. With a brain, or the brain, or, or something, you know what I mean? It, it is cool to have some, like, you know, finger food, some, like, fun stuff to play with, you know, with the characters. Like, they could <laughs> do... that term again. Yeah. yeah. And Paul, it seems it. like he's, he's, he's got both weapons in his hands. Mm, I'm looking at it Can now. No, the I pistol that it... isn't. That's okay, the, sure. That's the harpy needle. needle. Yeah, that's sorry. the electric it's prod. Yeah, the you're right. It, maybe it's an, is it a holster on his right hip? Maybe it's in this. Yes. Maybe it's in there, yeah. That would make sense. Sorry, guys. I mean, these images came out quite recently, and I just quickly grabbed a few, and I was like, oh, this one's not high-raised enough because I wanted to show a small Easter egg on the box. So hey. My question like now is how does this affect the cost? Does this fall into the same category as the sort of figure with animal, like a snake eyes and timber, or is this going to be a little bit more towards the uh, cobra commander with the gatefold i don't know i don't even I'm, i don't buy this stuff so i wouldn't know but uh, <laughs> if you guys have any any conjecture on the topic i'm um, all is i'm hoping it's going to be sort of i'm hoping it's going to be cheaper than the or uh, I, i'm hoping it'll be the same price if not cheaper than the timber um snake eye set because it's more or less it, it is less plastic to be fair um, but there is lots of tooling, so it's difficult to say, you know, I mean, that that timber snake eyes thing, that's like two figures in the box. So it feels a little bit wrong to make this the same price. I don't <laughs> know uh, as that. Uh, but then again, you know, is, we're not Mark, in that. <laughs> we're not in the in the business of, you know, toy making. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm where my thoughts are. I'm just hoping with this fancy packaging that this is not going to be some kind of convention thing. 
That is going to annoy me. I don't think it would be though, because I mean they have released other other ones. I mean, you know, like the the Cobra Commander one. But uh, yeah, I don't think mm. it would be ex as expensive as one that comes with a vehicle or with a timber. I think it will mm. cost more, but not that much. Yeah. But obviously, it won't cost the same price as a normally carded figure. Also, I but, wonder if. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, this is cool, but does this suggest that they're going to do a Serpentor next? Oh, I'm I'm pretty certain that it's suggesting that Serpentor's coming. Yeah, they yeah. they spent a lot of money on that artwork, dude. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That yeah, um, for it to not mean something, and also uh, this lines uh, back of the box art has been pretty prophetic in a lot of ways, or should I say, fairly indicative of what's coming next, um, mm. or some, of some yeah. some interesting pivots. I mean, yeah. we, we can all make mention of the fact that like Ali Viper was always coming down the pipeline years before the figure came along. But then mm -hmm. if we look at the original presentations of Storm Shadow on the box backs, he did not mm -hmm. look as uh, vintage accurate as the, the figure that we eventually got. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting cross-section into where the line has gone from its kind of inception and the early concepts, the very kind of Operation Blackout roots to where we are now, which is like, this is absolutely full on love letter to the cartoon. No holds barred. Mm. Dr. Mindbender in his most classic presentation. And I want to draw your attention to this little piece here as well. Boom. Uh -huh. gonna... So this, sorry, this has been enhanced by Photoshop over the images that were pu uh, published on Facebook by In The Mon Toys via, well, by somebody else. I think it was Surveillance Port. So thank you, Surveillance Port. Um, via in the Montoys and on the bottom right um, it looks like there's like some kind of a diver figure um, that's mm. helping Mindbender out and I wonder if that it's difficult to tell because this, this is so smudgy and we don't know where they're going with it but I feel like this might be our first glimpse at an eels or um, at a Hydra Viper but most likely an eels that seems to be the most rational of the two it's uh, more likely to be that or it could just be baroness in uh scuba gear diving i was gonna gear. say yeah, destro oh destro because mm. of the the things on his wrist it almost looks like well, his rocket launcher in mm. the comic Actually, book in the comic book uh telling of this same passage of history the reading of the tombs it was destro who was backing mindbender up the two of them kind of formed a a unit to go after the these various yeah, exactly. So I'm seeing wrist rockets, but that could uh, just be an eel gauntlet. You're absolutely right, Paul. It's unclear. It's smudgy as all I hell. Love, thank you. But I love that you suggested Destro because I didn't consider, I consider that at all. And what you've said well, if you look at other, a lot of evidence behind it as well. Yeah, Destro is oh. helping Mindbender out in the top right, uh, top left, sorry, uh, the sort of the desert tomb. Destro is yeah. firing off a wrist rocket. Mindbender is brandishing a, a weapon. Um, so they might be leaning to that. And then directly below that, you've got Mindbender, I think Baroness, and then Destro uh, observing the lab scene. But yes, this is an orgy the for the eyes. Um, mm. this, this artwork, this... it's beautiful. It's I just love that even stuff. underwater, he, he still doesn't put like a wetsuit on. He's still <laughs> bare-chested yeah, a... Guys, have we said enough about this figure? I mean, if we don't want to chew up all our time speaking about one thing. No, I but, think uh... it's incredible. I think it's, I mean, it's definitely a good addition to the line. 
Well, I just another great addition, my lord. 3-0. They, they've done it again, guys. Fireflies Ooh. coming down the pipe. Oof. Holy moly. And I think the pictures speak uh, louder than words at this point because, yeah, it just... Not only did they release a, a, an absolute belter of a figure, but uh, they took some great pictures of him too. Doing some cool poses, looking badass. Coming with all the gear that you're going to need to blow shit up. <laughs> but that skeletal he fuck <laughs> <laughs> it would make sense transfixed in reference to says, the guys reading the tombs yes yeah no and transfix tools? is like what no dental tools <laughs> apparently True. he gave up on that but this is a very good version this feels like a very definitive version of um firefly yeah so the backpack man alone is just just filled with detail it's true to the original in a sense, in its shape yeah. and it's kind of basic silhouette, but it just fills in so much that your imagination used to have to do. He's got this incredible knife sheath on his forearm, which I ah. think it's present on the original figure, but something that seldom gets any fanfare because it's such a small detail. But they've really made it a nice sheath that kind of goes into a, an armored gauntlet. Oh, everything is just perfectly balanced i don't know man like i'll never be a premium format figure buyer but uh like if if they shrunk this down to three and three quarter inches <laughs> I'd, I'd have a hard time you passing yeah no they're like the bear baby i i have a few i don't want to say issues with this figure but there's one thing um let's I hear it know, I, and i i i don't know if i should blame bobby Vala for this or thank him for this but one of the critiques bobby. he has one of the critiques he has for the classified version is that it comes with a, a roll of dynamite, you know, and he's like, what is this? A cowboy, a Western film, you know, like a Western <laughs> movie. And I'm like, that has stuck with me because it's kind of impractical to carry dynamite like that around. It's just, it's just risky. It's just a stupid thing to do. And I don't know why. Yeah, Paul, you're I, I, I a sunburn guy. Like nothing yeah. says explosive quite as much as like these rolls of sticks of dynamite. <laughs> like dynamite. Absolutely wily coyote territory. But yeah, man, it, these are mm. these are taking inspiration from comic books and cartoons. Which is kind of why I'm happy. I'm happy that they have them. I just would have liked to have seen them also include like an alternative for that. The, the sideshow figure, for example, comes with these two um, nasty looking sort of warheads with, um, you know, that's been sort of improvised, you know, mm. as an explosive device. And I absolutely loved that. And I thought that was such a novel idea. And it was so, so refreshing, um, especially now. I, th I think that more now than I did back then. Back then, I was just like, that's a really cool accessory. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually quite smart of them. Um, so that's like the only issue I have with this toy. Um, hmm. because everything it's got else a bit of a just, throwback it, element. Yeah. Everything else here is just gorgeous. Like the gun. I love that gun. I like the suit. The head sculpt is great. It's a winner. It is a real winner. Um, Look, dude, you don't get a more tactical looking presentation than this. So you can choose to ignore like a rather archaic, uh, explosive device or, you know, anything that goes boom these days is like people throwing Molotov cocktails at tanks um just half a world away from us right now so yeah. like fireflies that kind of guy he'll he'll use anything that does does the job does the no, that's job true. does the job <laughs> yes and the job. Oh, gosh, oh, no, silly. Get the but job th done. this is 
this does also speak to a point that I'm just going to touch on, and it might become something we talk about later, but, but we all were children enjoying this line. A lot of us have gone on to actually serve and know a shit ton about weapons and combat and the real life stuff that G.I. Joe is trying to evoke or tap into. And those folks probably do want a more tactical, realistic bent to their collecting. But if you're still this kind of man-child who's never been exposed to like the realities of warfare, myself I'm speaking about, like I still want to play in this fantasy land of like, you know, my mind at 11, basically. Mm. Um, sometimes I want to forget about like the real deal. Um, and, oh, and be you, a little bit you. more fantastical. Yeah, so this is this is an opportunity to take Firefly in that direction. <laughs> and he, he's the toughest one to do that with because he is absolutely um, functional and tactical and real. But and uh, let's... <laughs> and the terrorist bad boy. Let's wrap up with uh, some images of the new Super 7 stuff. Is uh, it more much... Super 7 stuff? Oh, the reacts. Okay. The reaction. Yes. The, the <laughs> so, it's my Park, reaction. Um, stuff. So we've got female G.I. Joe cannon fodder. Uh, well, they are engineers, right? Mm. They're kind of like an engineer core. Combat engineer, yeah. Yeah, so, so this is... Box, yeah. I did not see this coming because I cannot for the life of me place what cartoon episode this particular design comes from. But I do acknowledge the fact that like I wanted Tollbooth to have some laborers, to have some workers, to have some staff. And Super 7 heard my prayers, man, because he's now got three delightful females with uh, varying uh, accessory loadouts. He now has workforce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And they're all female. Lucky guy. <laughs> I mean, if that's, <laughs> cool. if, that, if that's what he's after. Uh, that's his thing, you know. If that's his thing. Mm. I've got to say, this, this is like very appealing to me. Oh, um, what the ladies? Oh, no, no, they? never mind. Just the ladies, just the the role that they serve. You know, the combat mm. engineer. Just having them for GI Joes is, is awesome. I mean, now we're finally seeing some stuff that you might want to deck your flag out with as well. You know, you could have two or three of these guys in your flag if you have a flag, or in your GI Joe HQ. You know, in the motor standing or... very stiffly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just good to have them in the background. You know, then at least the you don't have like smooth. Well, then at least you don't have Blizzard, you know, like working in the hood of the vamp or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, and cover, co uh, cover Gold can't do everything. You know what I mean? Or can she? But, Paul, if you got excited about uh, the, the uh, engineering ladies, surely you're doubly excited about the snakelings. Now, this yes. would be, uh, this is a reference that I do get. <laughs> this is from uh, Pyramid of, Pyramids of Darkness, when yeah. Shipwreck and Snake Eyes uh, infiltrate the Cobra nerve center underneath enterprise city and they don these kind of black overalls with gray undershirts and like i don't know what kind of hat you'd call that like a cold weather hat that has muffs on the sides anyways the one that i'm showing currently it's been said by commentators online that that looks uh, like it could pass as a shipwreck in disguise oh for sure so it's only a matter of time before they do a snake eyes visor version under that cap With, uh, <laughs> timber, or maybe do it as like a as like a two-pack or three-pack should four i say pack with, uh, with the animals pack. Pack. yeah that's what i was going to say like shipwreck the animals and snake eyes 
Seven you know. pack. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, maybe, you know what? They could do like a whole... Uh, wasn't... Um... Train. There's a train that they're on. The and they have that random interaction with these guys, which to this day I still can't understand. I'm going to have to watch the cartoon episode to, to get it. But yeah, dude, I just remember thinking, that's so weird. What What is going on in this scene, man? <laughs> they had time to waste. Great. And they like animated it and they were like, we don't have anything to say here. Can someone please invent dialogue oh. this scene? <laughs> but we've got fans in the chat already. Mark van Leeuwen says, the ladies will find his their way into his collection, stiff or not. Good, Mark. Excellent. I'm glad. But Mark is great at integrating um, the adventure people from Fisher-Price. He's great with the Action Force guys, the five POA Pally toy figures. So, yeah, his dials look gorgeous with a great mix of figures. So I, I, I fully stand by his comments they will be um very useful there i'm sure well received. yeah anything else they each come with a different accessory loadout which i suppose is going to give collectors ocd in terms of getting them all <laughs> getting all the equipment catch them all um yeah there's one that has like a acetylene torch it looks like Ooh. yeah oh, and yes. goggles very nice well, the, the, and it's very cute that the, for everybody well the <laughs> art I mean, the art is great because, like, it's the same pose, but they just change the skin tones, <laughs> change the headgear, and change and the, the hands. Uh, yeah, change the, the little position of the hand goes from like. Oop. I love that. Oop. That works very funny. <laughs> beep, beep. beep. <laughs> Bart's also reminding us that the the great snake rules forever. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it was on the tip gee. of my tongue. <laughs> guys i think that's all the new news uh that we had oh, to get new through news. new news oh, yeah. now it's time for operation Ooh. recall and as i said up front check out the website but basically like there's an incredible rogues gallery of original hasbro employees the creatives that worked on the line from marketing from file card writing from design illustrations to engineering all the guys, except there's one notable exception that's been, well, he's in the grave, unfortunately, but Hector Garrido, but the gentleman on art chores, and I, his name escapes me right now because I'm not looking at the website. I think it's Ed Morrill. But uh, in any case, check out the website. I can't say it enough. 1989, a man called, or a young boy called Carson Metaxas had a dream, and that dream has come into plastic fruition. Uh, Paul's this got the will wheel be... of names up. These will be the most like um like I don't know like canon custom figures I think you could possibly own. You know they're part of Jojo because they're created by people who worked on Jojo. I mean mm. it's as close as you can get to getting your character into Jojo. It's so exactly. oh, nice, so cool. Now, Paul, did we have some responses from the Berg Force by any chance? Oh, we did. We had quite a few actually. We have okay. uh... so the task this past week was to submit or pre-submit your suggestion to G.I. Joburg. Um, the three of us <laughs> went off and made our own, uh, as did the G.I. Joburg Berg Force. And we're looking at some right now, I guess. Paul, bring mm. that up, man. Let me bring yeah, that back come up. come on, share it. Sorry, I didn't want to uh, spoil too quickly, uh, but here we go. Yeah. So... Um... Yeah, so it starts from Nightshade, who is Mark. <laughs> and 
Yeah, so what he did is, um, because he didn't want to trust his drawing skills, he wanted to use his customs, because, and, ah. you know, that was the best way for him to represent his his creations, which is perfect, by the way, um, considering the destination of, of, well, considering the trajectory, should I say, of Operation Recall. Um, so, yeah, so he's introduced a few characters. I don't know, do we want to go through these guys quickly before ours? Yes, please, Paulie. Okay, cool. So... I'm going to par paraphrase some of this stuff because it's quite a lot. But uh, Nightshade says, so this is one, uh, this one was very recent on G.I. Joburg and it's with the help of Darren Cobb. I made the custom. He created the character for which I am eternally grateful. And the character is Catherine J. Stillwell, built a birthplace, Marana, Arizona, codename Sirocco. He apologized to me because my cool codename didn't make the cut. It's fine. I'll save it for one of my characters. <laughs> <laughs> Her primary military specialty is desert warfare, and her secondary military specialty is rotary aircraft support. And I'm just going to make what the was that bigger. So... What was that rejected code name, Paul? Savannah. Sandy. Savannah. Savannah. Right. That's, a, Savannah. That's boring. It's Savannah. dry, Sandy. but you can drink it. Did it, was it? No, it was Sahara. <laughs> Sorry, it was Sahara. <laughs> Sahara. Yeah. My bad. It's a desert. Is the, you can't drink it. Savannah is the name of my, my agent for the house, uh, for the, you know, my rent agent. <laughs> of course it is. Savannah um, Declare. Anyway, I think this is such a cool, um, this is actually such a great custom and I love the camo. Like, I don't know if these are painted on or if this, there's an actual body that has this, but this is so great and the head sculpt mm. is so great. Battlecore so, Duke, man. Can oh, be. is it? Okay, well, this is, this is just stunning. So, I love this. But I think the white and black accents are uh, custom, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have that figure. Oh, dear. It's a oh, goodie. Oh. And then we've got uh, version 2 Dusty in the background. Then we've got Nightshade's got another three. one. Another whole bunch. <laughs> and yes, version 3. <laughs> Tiger Force. <laughs> um, Just covering uh, our butts, man. Covering our butts. You know, someone might be gunning for you in the comments. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not waste their comments on, on corrections. Uh, Helena Timmerman, her birthplace is Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Codename Cypher. Of Cypher. course. Of course. And that's good. You have to represent, eh? Uh, primary milita military specialty is armored fighting vehicle mechanic. Yay, because we need more of those in G.I. Joe. Mm. Secondary mi military specialty is electronic maintenance, Cybertronian technology uh, expert, and she is part of the uh, BF2K sub-team. Brilliant. This is also great. Uh, what a cool use of parts as well. Sorry, I know that we're going into that, but it is. It's just, it just works really well. Really love this. And this thing on the shoulder, like, that looks like he made that, which is cool. So, go you. And also, bro. like, yeah, Nightshade, excellent work, man. Like, the, the heads that you source, and, you know, I'm sure they are not easy fits in G.I. Joe torsos. You have become an expert at, like, repurposing heads for O-ring figures. And that really just, like, sets the tone for a unique character. So, bravo, I also love, the, I love that she's carrying this kneecapper. <laughs> this giant <Yeah>. hammer. <laughs> I love that she has the BF2K colors of blue and green, which would serve to tie, and silver, of course, which would serve to tie the BF2K together if the original six weren't so disparate Dead. in their coloring. Like, yeah. if they all had the vehicle's coloring, they would make a lot more sense. But, yeah, she's she's representing those colors for sure. It's cool. She looks like the, the team leader here, actually. So, I love the monocle as well. That's that's a big one for me. That's uh, I love that kind of tech on a on a figure on a character design, 
Then we got another one from Nightshade. Whoa, Nightshade, mm-hmm. you have made all of the co- uh, all of the customs. Charlie Low Noise uh, for the Dutch people, no affiliation with the DJ. <laughs> I actually <laughs> also got that reference. Birthplace New York, USA. Codename uh, Birthplace New York, USA. Not the way I said it before. Codename Hotwire. Primary military specialty. Radio operator. Secondary military specialty. Force field technician. Subteam Star Brigade. Look at this dude. Hey, <laughs> he's cool. Oh, man. Gives I me vibes of Cool Breeze from the comic book, or like pretty much anything Carl Weathers played in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> it's Apollo Creed. Alan, you son of a bitch! <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> CIA got you pushing too many pencils. pencils. Oh my! <laughs> oh, by the way, um, this is not just pointed at Mark, but it just so happens that he's sent us many more submissions. But um, there is a cap of three submissions per person. Uh, with He's operation have recall. To choose yeah, between all to, of these. I should have told them that. <laughs> Kill some of your darlings, I guess. But uh, please no. continue, Paul. Well, I'm just going to show some of these pictures then quickly. So here's mm. um, a guy he's created whose military specialty is military police. And his code name is or- uh, Ordeal, which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's a cool code name. Fun. And nice. I love the baseball bat. It's a great backdrop. Going to and crazy deals to do with all these damn one. soldiers. It could be a hard, hardball V2 as well. It could be as well. Yeah, totally. And then this is um, Nightshade's oldest custom, which is, I just want to get the, I think it's Saturn is the name of the, is the code name. But yeah, it's uh, heavily inspired by Kavagore. So that's also it's pretty amazing. Nice. It's Ninja, Ninja Force Scarlet's Scarlet head. head, but with yeah. blonde hair. Beautiful. Uh, looks like Kavagore's torso. I can't place the arms, but they're generic enough. And then Shipwreck's lower body. So the belt, no, yeah. it could be Cutter. Probably Cutter. Because mm. um, I see a little bit of paint is scratched off there, and it's not the right blue for, for Shipwreck. Or I could be wrong, and it could just be photos, you know, and how they... Bloody I'm brilliant. Sure, I'm sure he will... Um, Ordeal is a girl. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, now that makes sense. Sorry, Ordeal is a girl. I can see it now. I'm He's so gone sorry, Mark. Another ordeal now. <laughs> you. But that's something I have actually appreciated in most of these customs, uh, especially with like ordeal and with uh, Sirocco, is they, you know, they they're wearing you know fatigues and or and or in this case body armor. So you know you can't tell that they're women because of boobs. So this is actually a very well considered outfit. There there are a lot of people that I think would appreciate that kind of design. So that's great. Yeah, I cool. must say I'm not not a hundred percent sold on like massive cleavage busting out of the top of an action figure's it's, like body armor. Yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah. You know, you just they're another cool character to play with. Then this is one from Budface, or should I say two? It's the Gorgon team. The Gorgons Ooh. are a female fatal <laughs> e- uh, echelon of Cobra Command, selected and trained by the Baroness to handle problems that Cobra views as potentially delicate and extremely dangerous. Gorgons mm. have to complete a specialized Viper school, speak at least four languages. My word. Um, polyglots, huh? Uh, know how to run nine miles in heels and thrive under the personal <laughs> tutelage of the Baroness herself to become truly lethal in any tactical or social environment. And this is what they look like. And this artwork is courtesy of Hans Chow. Amazing. Okay. Uh, they're not wearing their high heels in that shot, so I don't believe no. that that boast just yet. But it seems like both Mark and and Buttface have approached the 
the problem of getting some more free female representation from from different angles but it clearly points to a palpable need for more ladies but yeah, i wanted to say that when, when it comes world. to mark's customs it seems like he doesn't need the, the the original hasbro creatives behind him because his figures already exist they are exactly. living breathing customs and i don't know if even the original greats could do a better job so hats off to you sir and i think um i think it'd be cool if um if Budface and hans child actually post these on instagram and on facebook so people can check out these file cards otherwise the Bergforce, you can always jump into the discord and check them out for yourselves look if a these guys don't post here. uh i'm i might just do it for them <laughs> uh, with your permission of course guys. <laughs> no, we'll we'll credit you definitely, but uh, the world needs to see these great these great uh, submissions. Ryan Sweeney is also coming in with a custom uh, because it's a stronger skill for him than drawing. Um, just so you, so the audience members know, guys, um, I did specify that you didn't have to worry about art because we're not sitting here critiquing any art. We're purely looking at the coolness of the character. Okay, so, um, but boy. at the same time, you know what? Put your best foot forward. If you're good with this kind of thing, do this kind of thing. I'm done with that. He's come up with this character that has a very strong mystical vibe to her. She's wearing some black leather. She's got a cape. Um, she's got some purple eyes, purple skin going, it looks like. She is a very... she. Yeah, she's a she. Once again, man, <laughs> we're addressing that need, that palpable need to like get some more girls. Cool. Totally. And, and also, uh, she's got a great kind of voodoo uh santa maria kind of vibe going for her and her code name is the enchantress her specialty is black mm -hmm. magic voodoo there we go just for the record i'm not um putting santa maria and voodoo in the same uh boat just so we <laughs> are clear i'm just trying to uh, you know say that they're both mystical anyway affiliation um she's with the dreadnoughts which is rad because the dreadnoughts need this kind of character i'm actually surprised this kind of character doesn't exist already for the uh, for the dreadnoughts and um yeah, her background, uh, I'm just going to go through this quickly. Josephine Laveau, uh, a resolute practitioner of voodoo and black magic, all the dark arts. She was known as a healer and herbalist in New Orleans until she chose, uh, chose a dark path and became a voodoo witch. Ooh. She gained the name Enchantress from casting spells over the powerful men the New Orleans, uh, in the New Orleans area, using them to gain power and fortune. I like this. If these men were lucky, they would quickly die though many suffered through long and painful deaths. People say that the magic she uses turns these men into living zombies. Rains. Anyway, the Enchantress is a woman you do not want to cross, and if you do, you will pay with your life. She crossed paths with Zartan after finding him in the swamp, close to death after an assass assassination attempt by Cobra Commander. Damn that Cobra Commander. The Enchantress used her black magic to heal Zartan after he promised her gold if she helped him. The Enchantress planned to take Zartan's gold and enslave him, but ended up falling in love, uh, in love as he did with her. Aww, that's sweet, actually. That's cool. Now yeah, We need a romance. Zartan needs, needs some, some love. Now they rule the swamp as king and queen, planning revenge on Cobra. Ryan, this is rad. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> this is so cool. I actually might want to draw this character. I'll see. I'm going through all of these. Oh, and now we got something from the Bob Squad. Okay, so he's like, this is his first time on, on Discord. He's happy to submit this for episode 245. Codename, Threadnock. Real name, unknown. Affiliation, Cobra and the Dreadnoughts. Hometown, Silicon Valley. I'm guessing that's California. Yes, that is California. 
Subteam, rumored to have a subteam under him named the Reply Guys. <laughs> but nobody knows if that's a rip on him or not, and he prefers it that way. Background, Threadnok is not a hacker. He is the unofficial social media manager of Zartan and the Dreadnoks. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Sorry. Threadnok specializes in spamming, bots, hijacking chats, and most of all, creating fake profiles like Zartan changed disguises back in his day. I gotta say, Bob, so far, this is actually... One of those things, I wonder how many people considered this because I know that there's a, a, a sort of a, a touch of humor going through this and that you are like a bit tongue in cheek here, but this is actually quite legit in a lot of ways. Social media is actually very powerful. Anyway, a master of the algorithms, Threadnok creates viral distractions whenever Cobra ends up in the news and in turns, and in turns, and in turns, <laughs> spins stories to make Cobra look cool or at least more gray than dark. He wears combat boots despite never having been in so much as a fist fight and loves camouflage, uh, camouflage as fashion only. Uh -huh, he's one of those guys. Because he thinks it somehow complements his green hair. Threadnok shows no respect to the now 70-year-old original Dreadnoks and gets away with it, fueling rumors of potentially being offspring of either Zartan or one of his siblings. He is constantly filming you as you talk to him. What an annoying butthead. <laughs> Cobra Commander <laughs> almost killed him for it. Can you, yeah, and here he is, like, look at this dude, he's such like a millennial. <laughs> <Pardon>. <laughs> this is great. It's so cool, though. This is so Damn. cool, I love he's got like his little phone. Oh, this is cool, man, shot, Bob. Love it, this is, this is something I'd like to actually also play with. Railroad has sent us a literal tome of ideas. So, um, I think... We got, I'm going to read out the code names and then I think you guys should choose the one that we should read up. So before we get into that quickly, he's got something called Nomad Force. Nomad Force is a designation for G.I. Joe's dedicated recon slash infiltration force. This team is trained in being completely self-sufficient if needed and using whatever resources are at hand. No strangers to being deployed, unrelieved for weeks or even months at a time on missions. While nominally led by Nighthawk, each member of the team is encouraged to take, the, uh, to take point when they are faced with something that fits their specialty. Cool. Nomad Force is definitely an important part of the G.I. Joe team. The information they send back on suspected Cobra operations have meant the difference between a successful mission and a failure more times than I care to count, but I still have trouble recognizing their faces on the rare occasions they actually are on base. And most of them, if not all, have been stopped at the gate and forced to prove their identity at least once. Clayton yeah. M. Abernathy. So, yeah, so we got Low Range, we got Bangalore, we got Headway, we got Overwatch, we got Dustoff, and we got Nighthawk. Which one do we want to uh, elaborate on? Because these seem like they're all pretty fleshed out. Headway. Okay, Rob, on three. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's do Headway. <laughs> okay, there's Headway. We've also got one um, Bogue Force recommendation of Bangalore, so I'm sure we can... Oh, I was going to say Bangalore. Okay, Rob, you're oh. right, Bangalore. Let's just, have Bangalore. Okay, but let's, let's go headway first, and then we'll do Bangalore. <laughs> no, Bangalore, okay. Bangalore, Bangalore, Bangalore. Bangalore, okay. Rob, um, Paul, guys, I'm yeah. so fucking excited and itching to like unveil our, our, our submissions, mainly because I want to see yours. So, no offense <laughs> to the Bogue Force, this is incredible stuff. I will read through it at my leisure, but uh, we need to move this agenda along, don't we? Yeah. So, so should I quickly read Headway and show... Okay, well, let's read uh, Bangalore, oh, yeah, and then I want to quickly show this one picture of this guy called Jaeger, which is also quite rad, and then we can move on. Yeah. Who did Jaeger? Who Bang did Jaeger? I'll tell you now. 
Keep us in suspense. Let me Spoilers. let me get into Bangalore. <laughs> so Emma Vaughan. I'm not gonna uh, Emma T Vaughan. I'm not gonna go into the serial number, but she's uh, grade E6. She comes from Geno, um, Alaska. I hope I'm pronouncing that pr- uh, correctly or Geno. Anyway, primary military specialty. She's a sapper, EOD. Ooh, ooh, that's 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 a hot topic there, but that's very cool. Nice. Secondary military specialty, logistics. Most kids blew up a mailbox or two for fun. Bangalore actually daisy-chained a whole street and then put a timer on it to go off 10 minutes before Oof. the mail was due to be delivered. <laughs> <laughs> After several similar actions, she was sentenced to a form of community service at one of the local mines. Wow, that's quite rough. It was decided that, that if they could not stop her from playing... She with got off light, dude. Jeez. Yeah, they could at least teach her how to do it safely. From there, she joined the Army Engineers and finally the Joes. You have seen that shirt that reads, I'm a bomb technician. If you see me running, try to keep up. When one is around Bangalore, it always pays to keep up, as you can never tell that thing she has just uh, put down is going to go boom or not. Due to, this being, uh, due to this, there is a standing order that her and Airtight are not to be left alone together unsupervised on the base at any time. <laughs> so, that's actually pretty cool. Bangalore. I love that. The Bangalore. Like, bang. Very, <laughs> yeah, very punny. It's, she's not just Bangalore. She's oh, Bangalore. Bangalore. It's fantastic. I'm looking forward to reading all the other ones. Yeah, Gaius has given us uh, Jaeger. He's a G.I. Joe. Oh, He's uh, Jonathan R. Smith. Specialty is infantry. Secondary is small arms. Birthplace is Rockport, Massachusetts. And yeah, he is really a really cool little artwork. Um, I like his simple gear, some like green pants, black shirt, uh, nine mil wielding, and he's got like a knife. So this guy loves to get close. And his most striking feature is a very cool scar and a face mask. So I want to quickly Ooh, and quickly there's do great this. temples. Yeah, it's a bit of a silver mm. fox, it seems. Jaeger is an old war dog. He spent most of his youth in and out of foster homes and in trouble with the local authorities until he was given the choice to join the army. There, he still had some issues that would, would see him drummed out of the service if it wasn't for his natural instincts and his ability to defy the odds. Graduated ranger school and special forces school and is qualified in all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. There we go. Can you believe this guy actually volunteered to go to the slaughterhouse? So yeah, that's very, very cool. And then Transfixed has given us two characters, uh, which are lovingly put into file cards. And the one is called Dead Cord, and he's a sapper. That's a cool code name. And the other one is Downrange, and he's a range master. So and they look like he's I, he's made uh, customs of each, exactly. which awesome, this guy looks awesome. So, cool. so I I think we're gonna have I feel to feel like these on our people fa- put a lot media, more effort into this than I did. <laughs> It's it. crazy. Mm. It's it's well, actually gorgeous. It's part of the so, appeal, I think, is 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 sometimes just being a little bit uh, rough around the edges, shall we say? The way I'm going to get yeah, away with it sure, is by dude, saying, for sure. like, I want to try and convince um, the panel, Kirk, Larry, everybody, that uh, this was a submission from an actual child back in the day. That's going to be incredible. Got one other <laughs> file card uh, submission though. Uh, this one comes from our buddy Troy Smith. Uh, he basically did his wife, I presume, codenamed ah. Heifer. She's a, a combat nurse. Heifer meaning boss or boss lady in Spanish. Uh, and absolutely, you need combat nurses. Like I, I said this about um, Tollbooth needing staff. Well, Doc needs staff. So make this mm. figure, please, Hasbro. Or, yes. or in some way, shape, or form, we should get an, a nurse into the line. Maybe I Operation agree. Recall is the way. 
maybe maybe but in any case we're going to move on to to our submissions because we suppose we've got a, a, spin, spin, spin. <laughs> a fair bit to say i want to just full disclosure guys this isn't a concept what i'm going to unveil on this show isn't a concept that i've had kicking around since i was a child like i would right, love right. for my brain to have worked like that but the truth is and i think this comes back to how little um actual contact we had with hasbro in south africa like it was it was zero because it was like through the filter of prima toys mm. so if we wrote in we wouldn't get a response from hasbro similarly we we don't save up our flag points or our action points yeah, for any kind of way yeah there was no premium there was no back and forth to the toy company so it never occurred to me that i could draw up a character and send it in and like wishful thinking like maybe they'd make it the closest I got to that was actually my failed attempt at getting a Steel Brigade figure long after the offer had expired. But just I saw it sure. in the back of a comic book and I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I've got to send it in. I think my father even was good enough to mail it, knowing full well that there'd be no response. Uh, but, you know, that's that's as far as it ever got. So this is me, a 30-something man-child. <laughs> trying to make a, a feeble enough drawing that will convince um, a bunch of creatives that uh, it was done by a child. That's my disclaimer, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I, my, <laughs> Paul, my, did you dumb down I, your autistic abilities? I didn't. I wanted no, to. No, he went full, um, full force. So, yeah, I went full force. Uh, yeah, copyright pending. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Um, uh, I, I I put I did the best I could, um, which which you guys will have to judge if that's a, a, you know pretty good or yeah, not. So, <laughs> well, we we're not worried about like how well it's drawn. We're more worried about the the character. And the thing is, guys, what I did is I did what we call ideation. Um, so I basically what I've done is is actually very very rough. It's thumbnails uh, with some basic ideas put in, uh, for me to look at and expand upon and to create a conversation. That's, um, pretty much what I did. And then also as a small disclaimer as well, um, to go with what Steve said, everything about y'all not having exposure to Hasbro, blah, blah, blah. But GI Joe is the thing that got me into wanting to draw characters and stuff like that. And it's Amazing. kind of instrumental into me having the job I have today. So Aww. yeah, I drew GI Joes and characters and, and superheroes and stuff as much as I could when I was a kid. Although I can't honestly remember any of the GI Joes I came up with as a kid, they were probably all ninjas or something stupid and shot fireballs out of their hands. <laughs> That said, um, let's get into the wheel of recall and, um, and see what happens. The wheel is spinning for those audio only members. Although I do encourage you to check out the YouTube and it looks oh, like, wait for it. Wait for it. Steven <laughs> <laughs> guy with the, most, the heaviest trepidation is now going. Okay. First. So I'm going to remove your name from this because I suspect you're going to speak about all of your characters in one shot. Let me go. Oh, yeah. Cool. And Stephen, show us your stuff. My show submission for Operation what? Recall. Well, guys, I wasn't going to submit because I feel like it breaks the spirit of the thing to be cooking up a character and submitting it now as an adult. But something Carson wrote online, He, someone was saying exactly that. They were like, oh, man, I wish I'd like put pen to paper as a child and, and I wish I could dig up my old notes and stuff. And Carson was like, well, just make them over, like do them now. Um, and that gave me license to do this because 
well, not only does it look authentic, because my ability to draw has not progressed since I was 14. So, yeah, it, it might fool the creatives. But even if it didn't, I can hold my head up high and say, like, this was an exercise in dialing my mind back to being a kid again and just, like, letting it all fly at the wall and, and see what sticks. Also, what we call I, being an artist. Carry on. Well, <laughs> yes, but, but art is about, like, drawing thousands of lines to get the perfect one right whereas this is line art that like literally if if i made a mistake okay one or two at one or two points i, I used an eraser but like for the most part i just try to work it in and you can you didn't keep going yeah dude <laughs> this is this is a one take wonder Destroyed i kept, art i kept nice. thinking to myself i was going to crumple it up and chuck it in the bin and start again but no like i just kept chipping away like working at the original until well yeah, the, you will see. Here we Something go. Something came out. I have always enjoyed... This is a Cobra character, and I've always enjoyed the fact that in the Cobra ranks, there is progression. Uh, if you start out as an eel, you could then specialize and become a snow serpent. If you started out as a Strata Viper, you could become an Astro Viper. But the same thing happened like between the Battle Android Troopers and the Bats V2, and then... More interestingly, between the Toxo Vipers and the Toxo Zombies. Uh -oh. So you start out as a Toxo Viper and ultimately you become a undead like monster. So I went with the ultimate sort of synthesis oh, of these cool, ideas man. and I made Cyber Zombie. Wow. Oh, your drawing is actually uh, not oh. okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to zoom. <laughs> I wrote up a brief file card, which which is naughty of me because that's that's Larry Hammer's stomping ground. So that hope you know if 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 this ever gets any consideration from the guys, I hope he doesn't feel like I'm stepping on his toes because obviously he would do, do it. Do we have to draw it like a child? By the way, Shut no. Up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a. I'm not draw it however you want to draw it. Okay, I'm sure cool. there no, are a, an entire gamut of suggestions. I'm sure actual children will submit. But by the same oh, token, sure. I'm sure actual, you know, jobbing Lifelong artists. Lifelong G.I. Joe fans will submit it because it's a dream of not only children, but of people who've ever been a G.I. Joe fan to have a figure made. I don't so think here we you go, can boys. limit it to children. Codename, Cyber Viper, trademark. <laughs> Cyber <laughs> Shock Trooper. Cobra Science has never operated within the limits of petty morality. If it can be done and you can get it past the financiers, then your wildest fantasies can become a reality. When the opportunity arose to enhance the undead Toxazombies, trademark, with cybernetic weapon systems and targeting <laughs> computers, Command quickly gave the green light. And then there's a quote. You'd think it would be super expensive to reanimate a fallen Viper, integrate it with battle android trooper parts, and send it back into the field, but you'd be wrong. These guys are completely recycled meat and machinery with slightly <laughs> higher intelligence than bats and practically the same tolerance for battle damage. They're cheap, nasty, hard to kill, and detrimental to everybody's morale. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Cyber Zombie. And Dude, that is I rad. made him... I made him a hodgepodge of recycled parts because that is exactly the overkill. spirit of the figure. You've got Overkill's optic overlaid onto these Toxo zombies, kind of mutated dead head, um, scarred up. 
You've got Battle Android Trooper Arms, complete with the removable weapons port. Uh, you've got a lot of Overkill's lower portions, um, a lot of I Toxo see. Viper V2's body armor, but with a few interesting additions. Like, I wanted to make the weapons all unique, like things that we haven't gotten with the Battle Android Trooper, but I wanted it also to be compatible with the claw, the flamethrower, all the existing weapon attachments. Love so we've got, in no particular order, we've got uh, like an M249 saw attachment arm. So that's a, a, a sort of light squad machine gun. Um, and then you've got Buzz's saw, which is the second attachment arm. Uh, it, I mean, a chainsaw is so totally a battle android trooper thing. It should totally be an attachment for the classic bat. Uh, but oh, here yes. we are. Let's finally get it. <laughs> and then the third one I got creative. If you can imagine, for those of you just listening to the audio, uh, the Talking Battle Commandos Cobra Commander had a dual rocket launcher with a, a bit of a, a, a shield, basically. So it's mm. that. It's a, a launcher, like a rod that two missiles can attach to. And then there's a, a bit of blast protection behind that. And, and where does that store? Like, well, that becomes a backpack. Oh, that's clever. That stores the additional weapons because just like the Battle Android Trooper, you've got to store your equipment on your back, right? But yeah. the original, like, I can't even say it's a weakness with the original bat design because I think the original bat design is perfection. But wouldn't it have been better if one of the weapon attachments also doubled as a backpack? Well, this is my solution. That blast shield kind of form fits onto the figure's back. Uh, and mm. the, the, the rocket um, rod kind of flips up for storage. And the weapons obviously sit on, alongside that on various ports. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I get around the engineering there. There's some added... God asks, is there an attachment for the Baroness? <laughs> <laughs> well uh if if that port will fit i'm sure you could attach the fairness <laughs> oh, that's, that's what he meant <laughs> do you use the back plug though uh, dude i love your i love your drawing sorry just thanks for you get some steam again i dig it well i i copied a lot uh, these oh, are course. a lot of elements that I'm taking from existing figures, but I think the symphony of them makes something unique enough and represents exactly what this guy's all about. He is a hodgepodge of existing weapons and equipment, uh, pre-existing like deceased material that you've just mm. assembled a la Cobra style into a shock troop. They are essentially the most cannon foddery of cannon fodder and they're <laughs> cheap and nasty. But if you really want to get crazy with the engineering... Just like Overkill, I want a flip-open chest panel that really reveals dual sort of mini machine guns. But those are always fun, so and who can blame you? Yeah. If it can be done at this scale, man, a tab on the thigh that flips out and reveals two grenades, like launchable, not launchable. They, they won't be removable. They'll be a molded piece. But I would love for them to be... Just a little bit of added detail to the thigh. I always love the fact that Overkill has a flamethrower built into his thigh, but there's really no clear, discernible way of, of seeing that unless you read the, the file card information. Mm -hmm. So right. on this figure, to actually have a, a hinged door 
that would reveal a weapon detail would be kind of cool. And I did uh, colorize him a bit. Oh, wait. I keep flipping the wrong direction. Um, poorly. I, what the hell is that thing? Anyway. <laughs> oh, that. Thing that. Hanging from the wire. God, that just looks like that. nightmares are made out of that shit. <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> since you mentioned it, yes, guys. It went away this weekend past for a little family getaway up the coast. Came back and hanging from the, the power lines above the house was what they call a flying fox. It's just, just basically a giant demon bat. And we're like wondering, <laughs> what, when's this thing going to move off? Um, turns out we saw flies emanating from the head later on. It was dead and still what? hanging from the power line. Yeah. So Kim got <laughs> so on the got phone to... Well, no, I don't know. It, it, it was not earthed. So it just it was its time. And rigor mortis clearly set in, and it was wrapped around that 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 cable and just waiting there. It was like a Mexican standoff. Is the power company going to come with a cherry picker to remove this thing, or is it going to fall to the earth and us have to deal with it? Well, it fell to the earth, and oh horror of horrors, guys! It stank to high heaven. We buried it in oh, the sure. backyard, but this thing is—it's—it's it's the stuff nightmares are made of. It flew directly out of hell to torment us <laughs> these things are my personal nightmare Ugh. anyway from from real life bats to to fake life bats uh i colorized him i guess in the same vein as the toxo zombie with that hot pink mm. under armor with the, the the green over the the armor i did the face a little bit too dark I'd like him to be lighter. But here's what I'd like to draw everyone's attention to. He's got a a hidden feature in that I took inspiration from the Battle Android Trooper, the Toxo Viper, and Metalhead from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who mm. has a kind of exposed brain cavity, but the brain is made out of translucent pink material. And oh, that nice. would light piping. that would form light piping exactly which would link up to both the optic, the sort of robot targeting optic on the one side, and then the gory exposed like pink eye on the other side. So features abound, my friends, but I think light piping is something that GI Joe, it's begging for, and this would be the perfect vehicle for it because it'd be mm. spooky, man. Because they've had, it's didn't also... Barnix 6, wasn't there a figure from Barnix 6 that had light piping? Or, or am I misreading? A lot of, well, Bionic Sticks had a lot of translucent plastic used. Yeah, so it is something you can do. You can make the entire head translucent and then paint, paint over it to be able to fill in the, the non-translucent bits. So it is mm. doable. Nice. I was thinking of a actual like separate plastic piece that uh, was kind of inserted, like like a, a G2 transformer. But yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Okay. If they mold the head would be head. two pieces. Yeah, if you just mold the head in the color and you paint it oh, over, but then well. over time... The, obviously, the plastic chip away. I mean, the paint would come off. Uh, only with rough play, and that might even <laughs> enhance it. You know, you'd have these little mm. flecks of like like translucent pink showing up underneath the, the tones. But yeah, that's that's me, guys. Cyber zombie. Oh, I think that it's got a. I just want to quickly comment. I love I love that it's got as um again it's got a lot of cool like toy features like the changeable <laughs> hands and the backpack and all that. I think those are really great. As far as action features are concerned, those are the least egregious, right? Light piping and exchangeable weapon ports. 
Yeah, but yeah. They, they're fun. They're fun things to do. Like, I mean, that's, that's what makes the bat fun, right? And then the kind of character that it is or the kind of uh, its feature in, like, the G.I. Joe universe, like, that makes it, that gives it an extra level. It gives you something to kill without any guilt. Um, if, you know, if you're a kid and you're playing with the stuff. And then also, um, yeah, the, the light piping gimmick is actually really great. Like, I think that's such a novel touch. Plus, I like that it alludes to a weakness. That's kind of what good character design often has is there should be some kind of weakness. Like, just as scary as the thing is, it should have something that can take it down. Otherwise, it's difficult for people to, you know, get their heads around stuff sometimes, you know. Uh, like the, the Xenomorph. The Xenomorph is pretty much unkillable, but fire does hurt it the most, it seems, <laughs> you know. So it's one of those fun things. No, that's really, really cool, man. I, I, I wish love I that. could and be a fly awesome. on the wall. Oh, thanks, Paul. Well, you know, like I say, feeble art skills that have basically frozen at age 13 or 14. Like, it was it's very telling to me. I was like, yeah, this all feels very familiar. This is as, as good as it ever got and got no better. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to be a fly on the wall watching each of the original creatives flatly reject this concept like i just want <laughs> to know their process be like oh god no we're not doing this because you might think that they're a little bit old school in their approach but maybe maybe this would be a breath of fresh air maybe some of the the wacky stuff that came out you know thanks to the eco warriors and and the late or the early 90s gi joe bent maybe that stuff really flew with them i know in a recent interview with Talking Joe, Kirk Bazigian was on and he said like he wanted to get the, the, the fun or the he wanted to move away from the model kit G.I. Joe vehicles mm. and more into into the fun play feature geared toys. So mm -hmm. you might think that he was you know, he was there at the beginning, but he was one of the driving forces behind these more fun concepts. So maybe, maybe I'm in with a chance. I don't know. I don't know. No, dude. Well, that's why I commented the way I did because it's there's a lot of fun in that toy, and that's like it's appealing to me, you know, because of all of the features and stuff. The kid in me enjoys that a lot, enjoys that concept. And in fact, and hey, who wouldn't want more attachment arms for your battle android trooper? I made sure I colored those all silver so, yeah, that, so that they're compatible. Is integration mm. there? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh man, cool. On that on that point alone. People will buy the shit out of Cyber Zombie. Come on. Come on, G.I. <laughs> yeah, Joe fans. Sell it. Sell it, my guy. Get behind this concept. <laughs> Anyways, that's enough from me. Over to you guys. Cool. Let's spin it. We. Uh-oh. Uh, it's me. Oh, like snap. Yeah, it's me. Oh, <laughs> Yay. shit. Okay, I'm just going to remove myself from that. Okay, cool. Uh, let me start with... Let me start with this one. Um, very much in the same vein as your cyber zombie. This is a character called Flesh Wound, and um, he's a Cobra. So basically, this guy's an enforcer. He works directly under Cobra Commander, as in like he enforces Cobra Commander's will upon everybody in Cobra, especially now that um, Snake, I mean Snake Eyes, that Storm Shadow is not part of Cobra anymore. Um, he needs somebody that can also act as a bit of a bodyguard. And so he gets this guy. And who this guy is, is actually a bit of a... Thank you, Budface. Um, so what this guy does is he... Whenever there's some kind of whisperings of some kind of traitorous action, you know, whether Destro or whoever it is, is like talking ill about Cobra Commander, 
um, the enforcer, that's his job. He's in like in everybody's business um, and he will take them out. The other thing is, is that the enforcer is actually cobbled together out of um, the, the parts of the late Serpentor. So Mindbender, yeah. So what Cobra Commander does? You guys is, were working gets, on the same wavelength, wow, or similar wavelength. Yeah. Reanimation. Well, yeah. You made the commander. I made the the underlings, I guess. <laughs> so what happened is, uh, yeah. As a as a final like if you to Serpentor, uh, Cobra Commander tasks Mindbender, and also as a warning to Mindbender, tasks Mindbender with creating this enforcer, um, which is you know a, a re. You know, it's it's a reanimated um, Serpentor that is so laden with control elements that Cobra Commander can, can control that basically Serpentor is consciously in there seeing, uh, being abused basically by Cobra Commander um, mm. and doing the thing that he, and doing everything he hates doing. Um, because I wanted this character to kind of be like, Serpentor has been defaced. Like he would execute uh, Cobra Troopers if there was any form of treason, you know, any kind of treasonous whisperings or whatever, which is something Serpentor, as far as I'm concerned, wouldn't do. He would, um, he would put them through a correct trial because he cares about his troopers because of all of his genetic material. He also has a... Um, mm, he, either that also, or he knows how to play hearts and minds game. Exactly. You see, does Serpentor just, actually care or does he just like to look good? In front of the truth. I think he does mm. actually care. Um, it, you know, Attila the Hun is famous for uh, for actually caring for his soldiers, for example, um, for his men in battle. He was very like uh, particular about that. They, he kind of saw them as like family. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, and you guys should read that up. But you know, Flood the mm, Impaler. But history example, is always written by the victors. Anyways, the Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Flood the Impaler was also notable for caring about his troops, but also being extremely just you know very black and white with stuff anyway I, I thought about some of these elements when i did this character then um what i did to, uh, just for a little bit of fun is i i personally feel that they are failed clones of serpentor as well so i didn't get mm -hmm. into drawing them but i wanted them to be like maybe four failed clones of serpentor that this guy has uh, control over as well so he's kind of all over the place you never know which one is the right one because they all look similar um, and once again, they all serve Cobra Commander and they all serve, you know, they, they're all under his control. And so what I did is I also created a fun little backpack accessory for him, which also transforms into this like kind of creepy looking kind of drone hound thing. Um, but when it's on his back, um, the bottom legs, the back legs uh, come forward to be like a kind of a plasma gun, like a kind of a, <laughs> a horrible under, underslung arm weapon thing. G.I. Um, Joe goes Gundam. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there is a little bit of Gundam influence here, definitely. Um, the helmet is also kind of a play feature, so I wanted this little p portion here to be removable so that you could take it off to reveal um, who is under there, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I want there. And also, his armor is gold. I know that I've used dark gray here, but it's uh, gold with dark greens and things like that to sort of uh, kind of be a bit of a statement to kind of go, yeah, this is what happens to you if you try to take my throne. I will enslave you to my will. No, there will be no more Serpentor. I am Cobra Commander, ruler of all. So that's kind of the vibe that I wanted. So he's, yeah, so he's, this is Flesh Wound. Um, and then we fast forward. How long has this idea been percolating, Paul? Because that's, that's taking some deep thinking, man. 
When do we discuss? When, uh, Tuesday. Hey, so Tuesday. I've been percolating since <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. He's a creative, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, you have more? Goodness gracious. Yeah, I have more. These ones are actually the, said today. The mind of an artist. They, they just popped in my head today. Um, so this is Medusa and Snoop. <laughs> Snoop. Um, Snoop is a G.I. Joe. Um, his backstory is that uh, in, college, uh, in high school, uh, Snoop was one of those kids that's like really, really intelligent, but also, uh, also quite athletic and didn't quite know where he fit uh, with everything. So he would do the uh, athletic thing. And but he was really big into like, you know, working out systems. And he was he's quite fond of like technology. And unfortunately, he uh, was involved in quite a bad car accident where he actually lost the use of his legs and actually lost his left leg. So he's kind of um, sort of yeah. mostly disabled. <laughs> that'll from the that'll lose the use of a leg. Jeez. Yeah. That'll definitely so happen he... when you don't have it anymore. <laughs> so what happened is um, through this, he went through quite a bit of depression and he actually used his intellect um, to hack into systems. Um, you know, to hack into big government systems and to big banks and things like that. He, and he was sort of making like a bit of a sideline business of, uh, uh, you know, doing things like you know, mining crypto or hacking, ha stealing crypto and all that kind of stuff. And he got the attention of this character here, Medusa, who is a Cobra character, who then sought to hunt him down and recruit him for Cobra for his skills, promising him the world. Um, he was then, uh, you know, he's then, he was then sort of, protected by G.I. Joe, who also sort of intervened there and sort of said, hey, listen, you know, you've got a rap sheet. Uh, this is what's going to happen to you if you carry it uh, on with this, um, you know, this lifestyle, whatever. Give us a chance to try and make your life better. And so he joins G.I. Joe. And while he's in G.I. Joe, he starts um, getting into things like the wheelchair, um, wheelchair basketball and stuff. Remember, he's very young at first and he starts like excelling at that and G.I. Joe really helps to, you know, create a path for him and they don't use these hacking skills or anything like that at all. They just, you know, they're trying to give him a better life and eventually he does jo join G.I. Joe as Snoop and his um, uh, military specialty is, okay, I don't want to use the term hacker, but he is uh, an information specialist. So he can basically go in and crack any system the thing is, he's not like a hacker, like he sits there and then he like types in a whole bunch of code and blah, blah, blah. He's actually very good at creating um, very hectic bots and very hectic like system destroying devices, which are all loaded into his, his drones here, uh, which he can actually use to then take over um, vehicles or, you know, ha uh, he can break, uh, you know, they, they serve as his eyes. He can actually help, you know, feed the battlefield information. So that's Snoop. Um, so I wanted to, yeah, and he's also got a fun accessory, his backpack, uh, you can pop the two little drones on, or the three drones on, it's the two, um, I just called them mozzies, and the little spider drone, and they can pop <laughs> off from his back, and you can use them for stuff, and then I want him to just have one or two, like, sort of holographic elements on him, and yeah, and I just thought, hey, it'll be cool to have, you know, this dude that, you know, has had a choice between being part of G.I. Joe or Cobra, and is actually quite badass, which brings us to Medusa, who is a Cobra operative. It's actually, I had to, I had to smile when I saw the Gorgon team today because I was like, yeah. oh, that's actually quite cool. And I actually purposely read their file cards because I was like, uh-oh, this sounds very similar to my Medusa idea. Um, because I also didn't want to read anything on the Discord until like today, until now. So the first time I've actually read them properly was now, but I had to quickly check out the Gorgon thing because I saw that word pop out. Um, 
so what she does is uh, her backstory quickly is she was one of the victims of the many sort of acts of terrorism that the Baroness committed when, you know, in her early days. So Medusa's family was actually killed um, by the events that were set in motion by the Baroness in her younger days. And so she kind of grew up as an orphan and very sort Ooh, of uh, like Stockholm syndrome much. Yeah, she joins so she Cobra. Was, has she got an agenda? Does she want to kill the Baroness? She does. Eventually? She does want to kill the Baroness. Oh. Yeah, that's the whole thing. She does want to kill the Baroness. But what happens is she's also she sort of as an orphan survives on the street um, and in a very, you know, like in that time, you know, on in that specific part of Europe, things were very rough. So she had to become very streetwise, very dangerous in whatever. And eventually she found herself into the arms of Dr. Mindbender, who acted as a bit of a surrogate. I don't want to say father, but sort of a surrogate to mother. her, like mentor. <laughs> yes, I'm your mother, Medusa. And he actually trained her um, in terms of the genetic manipul uh, genetic engineering and all that kind of stuff that he does. And so she's kind of been like his protege. And her and he's also kind of Mindbender's trump card because she wants to she wants vengeance on the Baroness. So the Mindbender's actually kind of kept a secret. She's on the books. Cobra Commander knows about Medusa. And yeah, so She's a victim of Baroness's terror. She's also got a slight degenerative brain disease uh, mm. or nerve disorder, should I say, that we're not sure. She's not sure where it comes from. She kind of there's a thought in the back of her mind that Mindbender has done it to her because what happens Ooh. is to keep her loyal, Mindbender actually gives her a medicine that, you know, she has to take like twice every month. It's like a thing that she has to inject to keep her nervous system and everything working otherwise she's going to degenerate into like a mindless husk and so she's actually dependent on mindbender for that so yeah anyway her battlefield specialty is battlefield control or her military specialty is battlefield control she is designed um she her weapons and what she does is, is all based on genetics and pheromones what she does is, is actually um she creates things that cobra use to motivate their men um, to fight in battle. So pheromones that are dropped into their sleeping quarters, um, put onto their uniforms when they wash their uniforms and things like that, that make them think that they're invincible um, and hmm. that they can do anything. And she can pretty much, in this situation, she can also manipulate them. She can kind of control them, not psychically, but sort of, she's got pheromonal controls that are... Hormonally. <laughs> yeah, she can control them hormonally. Uh, the same way that um, there's a tree in Brazil, uh, uh, I think it's called a cordyceps plant or something like that, that uh, has a fungus that takes over the brains of ants and then those ants will protect the tree. Uh, for example, it's the same kind mm. of thing. It's like, a, a, yeah, she can control them by letting out certain stimuli and then they will do crazy things for her like die for her or whatever they, that's what they they serve the queen they serve medusa to do that so that's Jeepers. what oh, she this does. stuff is strong man and you just fought it out today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> very, very strong. literally he was on the toilet he was drawing he was like we got a question from bergforce uh bart wants yeah. to know oh oh wait a minute <laughs> uh <laughs> shit. oh yes bart wants to know does snoop like rap music <laughs> I don't want to make that assumption. I think Snoop just likes music. He he digs a good jam, and he loves them old school '80s and '90s jams. He's big into that. That's his. Vibe. He's not 
wheelchair bound in your presentation of him, no. which is great to sort of get him like cybernetic stuff. But you say that he lost the use of his leg and his other yes. leg is amputated. So yes, did the he, one is completely is a cybernetic leg. Yeah. But why wouldn't he be a double amputee? I mean, if you've got a, I a, thought it'd a, be more interesting for the toy to do it that way. <laughs> That's all. Interesting. That's honestly the only reason. Yeah. But I then thought having him, ha hmm? how, how does he motivate his, um, Unfeeling like exoskeletal or something. Yeah. So w with that, yeah, it, that uses an exoskeleton, and wow. and yeah, to to help him move it. And he has, because of his technical skills, he can actually. He's also written a whole bunch of programs and stuff into his his legs. So for example, um, his legs can kind of go automatically with like algorithms that he's created. So when he's mm. on the field, he can actually run without, you know, like how when we run, we have to kind of run and know that where we're going. He can actually do all that kind of, the legs can run for themselves and he's just kind of like nah. a vehicle in like, those legs and he can like, doesn't have to worry because the legs, they will just jump over walls or scale up Ooh. things or whatever so, as need be. He sounds like a very expensive troop. <laughs> yeah. uh, you wanna lose are, yeah. are you going to submit yeah. all three of these to I think, do you think I should? Carson? I'm um, worried like. Pick your, I don't know pick how many your winner, I guess. Yeah, I don't Dude, know which one you know what? Yeah. But you, so. do you know what? You, you've got a maximum of three. I'd say go for it. Um, with all three of crazy. these. Why not? I You're going to have to condense the information that you've just unveiled to us. Because yes, yeah. a lot of the great stuff that goes into these characters is not evident in the sketches themselves. Like, you need yeah. to do a write-up. Um, but... Hats off to you, man. Three very solid, solid ideas. Wow. Thanks, man. And shot, guys. Yeah. Sweet. Well, there are those. Which I guess um, brings us to yeah. our <laughs> third and final member. <laughs> let's spin uh, the wheel. Let's, well, let's spin the wheel. It... <laughs> <laughs> Will it be Robert? Oh, let's man. find out. It, it might be. If Stephen was worried that his art skills ended at 14, well, I, I feel like mine probably ended at nine. Um... <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Let's have it, Robbie. <laughs> Yours like is far more impressive. So I, I, I just I came back to you know like uh, what do I enjoy about GI Joe? Who's my favorite GI Joe? And who would be a good addition? Who would be able to help him on on the battlefield? So I created uh, this character, Boom. That's his code name. I didn't Ooh, come up with the name nice. yet um, or where he came from. But, uh, <laughs> I'm still thinking about that. And it's interesting though because I, I like that my layout is essentially similar to how steven did it so at least you know i got yeah, to 14 man. with my layout <laughs> <laughs> but i love the fact that you included the file card man that that's just the full I just, I presentation because it just gives a little bit extra i think to it so okay i didn't as i said I didn't fill in all the details but the primary ones are there he's boom he's a combat information support hmm. um primary is sharpshooter his secondary is sound engineer <clears throat> And, he's a G.I. Um, Joe, right? Yeah, he's a G.I. Joe, definitely. He, okay. So there's a combat... G.I. Joe has a combat information specialist, and that's Scoop. And the boom <laughs> is his support. So <laughs> the file card reads, Growing up, he recorded everything everywhere he went, mixing them into the strangest mixtapes. It also got him into a lot of trouble, and eventually G.I. Joe, where his audio skills would give Cobra trouble. <laughs> 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 and then the quote is, Loud, brash... You always know when he's in the rec room from the sound of his annoying laughter. Out in the field, though, silent as a razor. Ooh, like it, it means razor. something, obviously, but 
yeah, I was just like, ooh, it's just crazy. It means things. <laughs> so his basic look is very is very reminiscent of Scoop. Um, he would have the, a similar getup. I, I think the colors would be more like brown and green rather than green and and yet and you know his bright yellow. Um, just very basic, very straightforward. Um, and I think I think we at least for me where he shines is in his accessories. So he, mm. once again, he comes with a like Scoop comes with a silenced pistol so that he you know he doesn't make a lot of noise when he's working with Scoop. As a sharpshooter, he comes with a sniper rifle. So you can shoot things from far away, so that like if there's noise from a very long way away that's getting in 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 the way of him doing his job, he can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> you can be sure that hey, there's silence you. of the set. <laughs> Quiet over there. I'm, I'm trying to record sound here. <laughs> you can keep recording now, Scoop. <laughs> and and above the rifle is a boom mic, and the oh. boom mic attaches using the cable at the bottom to the the satchel that he carries with him which is because i mean it's from the 80s and whatever else it's a nice big big recording device satchel and that goes over his shoulder and the the cable connects to that and then the cable connects to the boom mic and mm. he comes Classic. with a backpack which is um yeah it puts the rifle in it but he can also fit the boom mic in there the boom mic kind of like pivots in the middle he said i'd oh. hope it'd be able to so to put wow. it over there, and you can fit them both in there. Chuk, chuk, and then that will go onto his back. Chuf. And he comes with headphones, so he can he's also able to listen to the sound that he's recording. Oh, headphones are um, nice accessory too. Fun. Yeah. Is, is so that, I was just like, yeah. Five o'clock shadow. Yes. Is that he's it? Very oh, much, brilliant. He's he's a boom because operator. Of the, because he's a boom operator, Sorry. and he's more focused on sound than he is on visuals. He's not as worried about his own looks. So I think he'd probably be very disheveled. Um, he's not so worried about like you know how he presents himself. It's more about uh, the audio that he's able to capture out in the field. Being able to hear is more important to him than visual perception. So it's all about sound rather than about uh, his own personal looks and high. I suppose he could even—he's not even worried about hygiene, probably. Um, I love the fact that his five o'clock shadow like goes so high because, like, I'm—I'm I'm a fairly beardy guy, so like, I—I <laughs> I can appreciate the diversity in the line. Finally, we've got like a less manicured beard. Line. Oh yeah, like, dude, you need some right like up to that. his cheekbones, man. I think originally I did long hair, but then I thought that would um, obstruct like um, the headphones. Uh, yeah, the headphones. Yeah. So I kept the hair short, so you can fit the headphones onto the head quite easily. I mean, you could even make the helmet. It's like Scoop's helmet, but then I feel he would be too much like Scoop. I mean, I want him to kind of be associated with Scoop so that, you, you know, you see him and you're like, you see them together and you're like, okay, that is definitely a a team, team. a combat information team that go out there together. Scoop gets the video, he gets the audio, and together they're able to get Hawk and the higher ups the information they need to be able to take, you know, to be able to take accurate and proper um, action against Cobra. Dude, I, yeah. I love how structurally your your drawing is yeah. is exactly an O-ring GI Joe. Like, well, I can I see the crotch piece. I can see if, the articulation. If I had points, to draw something, brilliant. it would be so much easier to draw it as an action figure than me mm. trying to draw him as an actual person. I yeah, thought if I just make him look like sure. exactly, if I make him look like an action figure, it it hides my nine year old drawing skills. <laughs> I also like that I he doesn't have hands. Does he shoot <laughs> stuff out of them? <laughs> no, he. I, I just can't do hands. That's why I also originally no, I, I didn't draw the feet in either. 
because I, I was like, I'm, I'm full Rob Liefeld. I cannot do hands. I cannot do feet. So I was just like, ah, but I had to kind of make it at least look like he's kind of got feet going on there. He's a little stumps. Well, they're already, <laughs> they're already looking better than Liefeld's feet. So. <laughs> yeah, they're so like the kind burning of like stretched question, little points. The burning question I have is, are you going to do the bold move and submit? Submit, boom. <sighs> I don't see why not. I think it's I think it's a fairly straightforward concept. I can flesh him out a little bit more. I can work a little bit more on the file card. At least the file card gives a bit of information. Obviously, Larry can do whatever he wants with it. Um, I think I definitely will. Why not? You know, take a well, shot in the dark. I would love oh, really. to finally have someone who, who works directly with Scoop. Um, I can. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was just going to say I, I can totally cool. imagine the Sunboat episode that this guy would be great in as well. You know, like I can see like a for example like. You know, a Sunbow episode where uh, the population's been mind controlled, or maybe Cobra uses Cold Slither again. You know, yeah. and then Boom would be the guy who, like, you know, inverts that, reverses that. Yeah, he like figures it out. He's, he he, he yeah, figures out like why what's going on, and like, he and he fixes it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a mix of whale sound and masturbating, you know, gorillas or something, and then that just snaps <laughs> the population out of it. Or, or for example, like sound is such a powerful thing that you can actually use it to really confuse people in the battlefield as well. And, and, and he, in, yeah, you can and, work with people yeah. like Psych Out as well. Um, yep. And if he was in Cobra, he'd probably work with Medusa too. You know, enhancing mm -hmm. her pheromone actions. Um, yeah, can I, I thought just, it was just say my favorite detail of all. And it's something that is so simple, and yet Paul and I both squarely skipped over it. And I'd, I'd like to imagine you've used it in this, is that it's the standard G.I. Joe black hose that would connect yeah. his boom to his, <laughs> exactly. his, his recording equipment. <laughs> and that is that just screams 80s or late 80s. Well, no, it was used in the early 80s as well. Like, yeah. that just screams G.I. Joe to me. That is mm. so authentic. Excellent. And Excellent. that's also why I had like the satchel be so big because I mean it's, it's recording equipment from the eighties and it, it makes him fit more with Scoop because Scoop's equipment oh, yeah. obviously Scoop's is laughable camera. He's like definitely whoa. from the eighties. It's huge, you yeah. know. And I just felt like it's a good uh, companion piece to him. Uh, yeah, I mean it definitely. If if anyone anyone's drawing looks like it was done by a kid, it's mine. So. I'm sorry, Steve. I win in that in that regard. So. <laughs> bravo, hey, bravo. Hey guys, this is Robbie. I have a little character that could scoop my favorite favorite person, and I think Boom would be his cool best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that <laughs> well, you did look, that though. Mm. That's Stella. I wish all our submissions luck. Um, and as Hell I say, yeah. I would be I would be happy just to to just 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 get some inkling of the like, the rejection process. Um, though, yeah, this probably will fall into nothing, but to know, to know that the original Hasbro creatives passed an eye over my crappy drawing, that's, <laughs> that's actually satisfaction enough. So if they were really smart again, about it, they would do kind of like a reality TV show thing, you know, like, <laughs> um, like, uh, the voice or what is the other one idols where they actually do, they go through every single, you know, transmission or, uh, I'm well, all for I'm the pretty sure they don't go every. Yeah. No, for sure. But yeah. there's there's probably like a, a process, but you still get like those you get the cringe videos where there's the really bad ones and, and there's the really good ones and they always have like funny things to say. I think they can go absolutely crazy with this entire concept. They can produce tons of content um related to oh. it if they're just willing to do that. 
Totally. Well, I mean, listen, I'm all salute, for the democratic salute process to Carson. and Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, man. We're jumping on this yeah, point. No, I was just going to say, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, I'm all about the, like, democratic process uh, on things like the voice and all that stuff. I think that's really cool and it's it's got user engagement, blah, blah, blah. But as a creative, as somebody who works in this field, I always find that it's stronger when, when creative, uh, experienced creative professionals are actually, you know, debating these kind of decisions and i know for sure i'm just thinking of the entertainment value you know Mm. um obviously i mean the the more professional direction would be for them to look at them they probably have assistants who kind of like wheedle out the ones they probably have a criteria Mm. i'm guessing they really have a criteria list of things that things have to hit minimum (laughs) (laughs) and then after that those that gets you know wheeled down to a, a selection and then they get passed over to the team um, and then they look at them. So I think, yeah, well, best I'd, luck to everyone. I'd like to think that, you know, in this era where certainly in the comic book stakes, Larry's not getting a deluge of fan mail month to month. Like, if <laughs> well, this, he's got if nothing this does, better to do. <laughs> well, no, if this does get a, a, a nice throng of submissions, that the guys pass an eye over everything that they get. Mm. And I then they like kind of compare that. notes. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there'll be a screening process. I think... I think you definitely will get eyes on your your production if you do submit something. So I would encourage anyone listening to this, anyone who's a fan of G.I. Joe or G.I. Joe Berg or All in Sundry, like you've seen, hopefully, if you watch the YouTube version. If not, I'll put the images up on Insta and all that jazz. But you've seen how crappy (laughs) certainly Rob and my (laughs) presentations are. Um, So it runs the gamut from all the way from like child doodlings right the way to professional artists submitting awesome awesome ideas so like just do it what have you got yeah. to lose absolutely exactly. nothing got i mean nothing to lose because you started with nothing. even if your so drawing schools aren't good you can you saw people producing their own custom figures which will be so easy for them to kind of like imagine and rework into a completely new custom figure or just even hmm. images if you're good at like collages um you know just kind of like putting stuff together Photo However you feel you can do it, yeah. just get it done. And even if it has no fate other than just the creation in your hands, like I will treasure my little drawings. Like this was a blast. I had the best yeah. time just falling down the rabbit hole of like, yeah, let me put some technical greeblies here. And oh, let mm. me let me make the weapon port integrate with the re- original bat weapons. And oh, let me stick it on his back and make a backpack out of it, thereby cutting down you know, an otherwise useless accessory piece. Like, ah, awesome. Make the chest plate open. Whoa, have exposed brains. Yeah, man, just let it all fly at the wall, see what sticks. But I think we're going to put a pin in our Operation Recall uh, expose. Check out the websites. Challenge yourselves. Um, But let's flip it over to my favorite section. Hey, Robbie. You Have you got a, a response just, from last week's cool episode? Comment time. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's have it. If you want your comments read out by Rob for consideration, check out our YouTube comments thread and maybe your letter will be selected. Hell yeah, dude. Yes. So there were it, it, so many people uh, submitted their own ideas of like their own sub teams. Um, and I definitely say go check all of those out. But I thought the funniest comment, because obviously someone would, would pick up on this. Um, cause we always seem to be coming up with, um, uh, other things we talk about other than Jar Jar, like Heberg, um, <laughs> uh, I suppose, you know, Transformers Berg, 
So Zantara <laughs> she commented, rest in peace, G.I. Joburg, 2013 to 2022. It was a good run. Long live RSA Watchburg. <laughs> <laughs> because me and Paul decided to talk about watches when Stephen had to step out for a moment. <laughs> I had yeah, forgotten dude, about that. I'm not going to lie. I, I saw that and I was like, wait, hold on. Is this in reference to us talking about stuff that we've been watching? And then I re-listened to the episode and I was like, oh yeah, we spoke about watches. We talked about watches. We literally went on a, on a, on a sidetrack about watches. But there's some, yeah, there were some really cool teams. I think definitely everyone go and read the comments. People have provided some really interesting teams there. Mm. It's fantastic. There's, a, there's some very cool ideas. It's, it's, yeah, our comments section is still great. So thank Hell you. Yeah, right. dude. I think people actually put a lot of effort into, into I mean, they actually watched the episode, which is like, I mean, awesome. But then they actually decided to kind of like say something afterwards. And mm. I think that's really cool. You know, and the it's... nice thing about our episodes is they roughly about an hour, hour, uh, hour and a half. Sometimes they get close to two hours. So if you are thinking of commenting, you can sit there and you can write your comment out and you've got a good amount of time <laughs> to actually hit the proofread. Maybe edit it a bit. But, you know, maybe even have a conversation with me in the comments thread because I sometimes jump in there and we have it out. Good times. Guys, Um, let's round up with some incredible new shit. I know I've got some great stuff. This is part three of the Mauler Joe gift box. uh, Oh, my goodness. Wild and varied uh, box containing two Maulers, as as we've spoken about uh, in, in weeks prior. Uh, last week, I mentioned he gave me two carded childhood Joes of mine, which it was a great reuniting. Um, but this week, let's talk a little bit about what was at the bottom of the box, which was perhaps <gasps> the biggest surprise of Spider. all. <laughs> Man had a sense of humor about it. He called it uh, the Mauler Joe toilet paper, and it was in <laughs> a glorious, like, like flip folder, like a, wow. like a hard cardboard flip folder with an elastic band um, to seal it up. You open that, and it is a wealth oh my of God. pamphlets, catalogs, no promotional material from around the world. You had the Benelux uh, sort of dossiers with their oh my gorgeous... Word. Gorgeous photographs. Ooh, we have to talk about those. Those, are, those we, look amazing. Sorry. They are so amazing. Like Outback rappelling through a crevasse and Big Boa in like the Cobra sparring ring temple, it looks Area. like. <laughs> um, <laughs> tunnel rat tunneling through a, a, a tunnel. <laughs> Outback doing a ro- rope crossing across like a cascading waterfall. Jinx in a dojo. Raptor looking pensive as he ponders whether he's going to jump off a cliff or not <laughs> amazing stuff amazing stuff and demands an episode of it. it's probably return season <laughs> Sorry. i'm swamped <laughs> i can't take it but there was some stuff there that i'd never seen before an enormous wall poster oh uh, which celebrates Sorry. the sky patrol but also a whole bunch of like late 80s gi joes which i think were stickers that you collected and stuck on this wall poster. Uh, I included uh, a, a guile action figure for scale, 
because this thing is enormous. Okay, that's that's my inclusion. He's not actually on the poster. But if you can imagine a poster where the the stickers of the action figures are scale accurate to the action figures themselves. Yeah. That's how big this wall poster is. It's a full like mountainside diorama, complete with like a bit of waterwork at the bottom so that the kayak stalker can be what could this kayaking. possibly have come with? It's crazy. Mental. But it gets one better. Ho <laughs> ho. Another wall poster, this time Whoa. celebrating the Steel Brigade action figure giveaway. But it has pretty much the entire Action Force releases to that year, uh, the artworks, the, the full artworks. So, I mean, we were, we were often denied being able to see these artworks because by the time we'd like <laughs> been through with ripping the action figure <laughs> off, like the artwork would be in shambles like we didn't have the presence of mind back then to preserve the action figure card backs uh so this represents Even a if we great did, it way was hard. it yeah. was uh this represents an incredible way of seeing a snapshot of all these artworks and i know 3d joe's put out poster forms of these artworks but this is this is original this was made back in the day this is like vintage cred it's incredible so eh? cool yeah, no, one, and once again, I put Guile on the poster to give you an idea of scale. It's yeah, huge. Crisis, Guile. This, this is a wall poster. Yeah, I call him Bile because whoever had him before me uh, painted his hair black. So he's 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 Guile's <laughs> evil like half brother. Bile, say Guile or whatever, <laughs> because he's dying his hair. He's going through his emo phase, guys. Anyways, that's that's enough of that. Mola, Joe, you are a bloody legend. I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Get your so, toilet paper. That's hilarious. Because, yeah, as children, we would pour over these things while we're on the can. Come on. I'm not the only one who did that. <laughs> yeah, let's not Confess, lie about guys. It, yeah. Everybody did it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, bathroom like breaks phone. were extra long when you had a, a lot of paperwork to get through. <laughs> so, uh, Mark says that he, he has that uh, wall poster in his room. He loved to collect the stickers. So, yes, clearly it was from the Benelux region. Amazing. So cool. So I bought this little thing from a toy shop on the 1st of April and uh, oh my word yeah the Lego I DeLorean the, yep the Lego DeLorean ladies and gentlemen uh, I couldn't resist and it is too cool and yes that is Storm Shadow in the driver's seat because GI Joes do fit in there when you remove the steering wheel <laughs> which is great um, and then here's just the back end of it oh, uh, the, the hover up. conversion yeah, so absolutely and this is gorgeous. And I also on the same day picked up this really cool Jurassic Park uh, water bottle. But anyway, <laughs> moving right it's along, it's fully convertible. You can do all three modes, right? Yeah, you can. The... You can. So you you just uh, swap out the parts. You can put the parts on for episode three or for the third movie, um, and then you can do the parts for the second movie. And uh, the the first movie is the initial build. So, and it's quite a lot of fun. It's not like you don't have to take it apart and rebuild it to do that. You just need to take off the hood. And uh, for, the third, for the third movie's conversion, you take off the wheels and you redo the hood. And then you change the, the reactor in the back to Mr. Fusion. And then for the first one, you just build it as per the instructions. And for the second one, you just assemble and uh, replace the original reactor with Mr. Fusion. It is so cool. Yes, guys. Yay. We DeLorean bros now. 
Yay. <laughs> what was it your is... build time on this? Because I assume it's just thousands of pieces, man. What is the piece yeah, count? Yeah, it's like 1,872, if I'm not mistaken. Guys, you probably have the box closer to you, so you can probably confirm or deny that. Oh, wait, I've got that... the box here. It's 1,000. I'm sure that's heavy, pounds, too. Right. Oh, yes, wow. it was quite heavy. Yeah. But it was a so, cool purchase. Was, yeah. What was your yeah. build time on that, man? I, I got I to started... know the numbers. <laughs> I started on it on Friday evening. Um, and I built until like one o'clock in the morning and then I had to get up early and then Saturday was full of chores. So I carried on on Saturday evening again at about seven until about 12. And then I did the last little bits, um, on Sunday morning. So Gaz yeah. confirms the, the piece count is 1872. Wouldn't it have been incredible if they had gotten 1855? Ooh, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, and yeah, it's got was a working... part three. Part three was set in 1855, right? A hundred yeah, years before cause... 1955. Yeah, because yeah, it's 55 so. is the whole thing. Yeah. So, but... and inside, like, I also got a shot of the inside, just a little bit, as far as my camera could get in there. Ooh. But you can see it's got a little flux capacitor. Does that have light features? It does. Yeah. Oh, oh my word! Like, Wow. And here I was fun. thinking like it doesn't get any better than the Playmobil one, but yeah, this is this is incredible. Uh, I think it's certainly was... cost a bomb, I'm sure though. Like you, yeah, you get yeah, what you pay wasn't... for. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it cost it wasn't super expensive, uh, but for Lego in my opinion it's expensive for Lego, but it's still cheaper than a Star Wars set with the same piece count. Mm. Um, I think it's The lines think... on it are perfect. Like they've sealed up all those angles. Mm. That's 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 such an engineering feat, man. Yeah, that's what I love about it so much is that like it's the DeLorean has subtle angles. Yeah, and you have to get that right. It's not hmm. gappy like you would expect from a Lego. Like if you look at the more basic DeLoreans or Hmm. the 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 one that that came out through Lego Ideas some years back, obviously that's catering to a lower price point and is a vastly less piece count, vastly fewer. Mm. much fewer much more fewer much oh, more no, fewer yeah less 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 pieces less in the box <laughs> anyways so there's obviously some more rudimentary designs in getting the angles of the chassis but this looks sublime jeepers they've nailed it it's insane i i really had a lot of fun building this and i love like some of the parts and it was the first big lego build i've done in a long time i think the last time i did a lego build that was close to this was um it's called the scuttler from the batman lego movie that was the last oh, yeah. one i built that was pretty big oh. yeah so it was great to do some lego and the cool thing is when i got it um they gave me a little free gift which is like a little easter set and Ooh. that was uh essentially cecilia's first ever lego set you know <gasps> she's had lego before growing up but she's never had a set before so she really had quite a lot of fun building up this little Easter Lego set. Like so hers first set was an offcut from your amazing purchase. Was a bonus. Hey, that's thing, yeah. that's love. Uh, but she loved it when ball, she saw it. She ball, was like, ball. "This is so cool! Can I build it?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, why not? Totally build it." <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to um, have yeah. something to do while I'm building this. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> I hope she doesn't hear this episode. Anyway, um, and then just to uh, come back to Joe Mauler. Well, he decided that Rob and I also didn't, needed to have some cool toys. And so no. he sent this to Rob and myself. Wow. So 
Wow. So just so we, our, our listeners know what you're looking at, uh, we've got a whole bunch of carded Joes from Mauler Joe. Uh, we'll start with the top ones. It's a ninja carded Ninja Force Storm Shadow, a carded 88 version 2 Storm Shadow, which is just amazing. I've never even seen a carded 88 Storm Shadow, um, you know. Oh, so you poor just, dear Joe yeah, No, friends know. of mine had it, but I just never, shame, I just never saw it. They shame. obviously bought it out of the stores before I did. You know, people. <laughs> they got and there then, before you. Okay, uh, okay, and then there's some non-carded stuff. So there's a Ninja Force Zartan, which I'm so happy about. He is so cool. <laughs> and Ninja Force Zartan. Scarlet, and Ninja Force. Ma- I mean, Ninja Force. Uh, a normal, <laughs> not Ninja Force uh, Mace. And then, uh, and then Deep Six, which is Joe Mauler himself. So he just uh, threw that in there, which is threw himself Six, in. Version two Deep Six is so great. Um, it's an awesome it toy. There. I have the the fun school I, version. Oh, it's such a cool toy. And then um, Rob got a carded scoop, a carded Hell Hydra yeah. Viper, and Finally then the <laughs> the retro O Ring GI Joe Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow carded were sent to Rob as well. And so, Rob, you've got a whole bunch of cool toys to look forward to come Monday or Tuesday. Hopefully, they'll it's, arrive soon on your it side. It blows my mind. It's it's like uh, people are too generous. Like uh, when I say that, I like I pre I like it's like, absolutely appreciate it. Like it's 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 amazing. I was shaking <sighs> when I got this box. I mean, I was excited, and and Joe didn't tell us or tell me what was in the box. Um, at all. He just uh, asked me if there was anything that you guys might be looking for. And so I put in some suggestions, but you know, but I, it turns out I really didn't need to because he really pays such attention to the podcasts and to us talking and he just has a good gauge of what he thinks we would like. I mean, I'm, just I'm looking at the stuff that he got Steven it. as well, the level of like thought that goes into it is absolutely incredible. Like, um, thank you so much, Joe. It's absolutely. And that's, yeah, and that's a sentiment that I find that like all anybody that's donated or contributed to our collections from the Berg Force, um, you know, that's something that I see that you guys share, that you guys really do have a sense of what we like. And that's really, really awesome of you to take that time out of your lives to, you know, set aside, you know, a moment where you go and find something in your collection or go and look for a toy for us or something and you send it to us and it's got so much thought and so much love and it's really appreciated. And then, yeah, and then you get a box like this. And this is like any time I get this box and I open this thing up and I see a hint of a carded Ninja Force. Storm <laughs> Shadow. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I picked that up. And I'm like, I didn't even notice the rest. And then I look down <laughs> and I just see a carded Scoop and a carded Hydra Viper. And I'm, I'm shaking. My hands are shaking. I'm like, oh, my word. This is like just super excited. I had to actually wait a little bit before I could message the guys to go, oh, my God, look what arrived. And then I just took it's amazing. And it's an entire box for Storm Shadow G.I. Joe. He really, <laughs> he really packages it so good. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, it's guys. The assault no on the, it's the assault on the loss of nostalgia senses. Because mm. how long has it been since we touched the sort of the naked cardboard and attached bubble of a thing from 1988. Like this isn't something we do regularly. And I'm convinced that even carded like mint on card collectors don't do it regularly because you know, the stuff probably stays in a, in a, yeah. in like a star case or something. So Mm. it's just, there's something magical about just feeling the original presentation again. And being transported to that time where you were at the local supermarket and you're flipping through dozens, dozens. of these on the on the yeah. pegs. Mm. I've got a question for you, Rob. Are you now going to become a carded scoop collector? Because you've got two now. now one from I've Mr. Murrell, 
and now from uh, one from Joe. And if, if it got... happens, it happens, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it'll uh, happen organically can't... because it'll be from donations only, I assume. You're not going to start uh, hunting them yourself. I'm not going to hunt them down, no, for sure. Um, I want other people to also to be able to own Have scoop. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone needs a scoop. I think every collection. Rob, you is are the preeminent scoop you have. fan. <laughs> so I'm starting to think like any like sub, subpar like beat carded scoops out there, <laughs> like you might oh come to I'm more than a have... few people's minds as a. I'm going to have a grateful a, recipient. I, 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 one oh, day okay. I might even be able to have a cool Guinness World Record man who owns the most scoops i think like five <laughs> that would be a lot I, for I one could person. be so happy five five would be a lot i don't think anyone would match that anywhere in the world but rob Oof. i believe you have competition because here. there's a guy called there is a dude on insta called scoop around the world or something like that yes he's fantastic i follow him he is yeah, definitely yeah. a huge scoop fan he takes me everywhere he goes he takes pictures of him absolutely everywhere and he's definitely he's definitely my my spirit animal if i could take <laughs> scoop places i would i would do the exactly the same thing I would well, the race is on. Who's the more infamous Scoop fan? Is it Scoop around the world or rubbing, 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 loving Scoopful <laughs> of Rob? <laughs> Rob the loving Bob? Scoopful? I don't know. You've had no say in this nickname, Rob. I've just kind of organically <laughs> given it to you, and that is that. But guys, I think I think we got to wrap up this show, man. It's we're oh, running yeah. long. It's, it's been an time. incredible journey. Thanks, as always, to our incredible Bergforce. Uh, the patron tribe grows stronger and stronger each week, each month. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, you guys keep the lights burning, even when ESCOM, the national power Ooh. provider, does not. Uh, we love you. Thank you very much for helping. Thank you to everyone for listening. That helps us enormously. Uh, the commenters, I love, I love, love, love jumping in that section and having it out with you guys. And who knows, your comment could feature in an episode courtesy of rob hell so. yeah also thank you if you want to get hold of the show in a kind of long for long form mm -hmm. email format you can get all of us on a real south african hero at gmail.com i'm sorry i cut you off there paul go for <laughs> it. no worries i just wanted to say thank you to the bergforce members who submitted sketches and file cards and, and unleashed their creativity on this topic today you guys submit came up with some amazing for sure stuff. i mean it's yeah. i mean hopefully this is a good um first run to kind of like get the nerves out and be ready to actually submit to the real guys you know the guys who will hopefully make a figure out of your creations um do it and i think so we've, we've are you going to doctor your like ideas gents or are you going to like as of recording you're gonna just suspend it <laughs> no i'm gonna make mine a little bit happens. more presentable i think paul uh, has to work on his a bit more but i think mine yeah. is pretty solid I'll do Someone a few said, more Paul, that yours a bit shit. Um, yeah, I mean, compared to ours, like we yeah, really mine's put like a lot really of messy. Yeah. Like ours all fit onto one page. Yours was like on multiple pages, and I could see like the, the, the you know. <sighs> Next time, it's fine, Paul. You'll be an artist one day. <laughs> fine. I might even throw myself a picture of myself photoshopped, a photoshopped image of myself riding a dolphin or or a honey badger or something. That way, they know I'm like quite badass. Just in the in the portfolio. For reals, he knows it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll oh, just... you're welcome, Bob. Um, thank you for joining us live and being here with us. Yeah, man. Thanks to the Boat Force guys who were able to show up this uh, this fine recording. All right, uh, and with that, two, four, five, we are out. Oof. Out. Berg. Get out the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Later, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>